This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network. Hello and welcome to episode 71 of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Eddie. I'm Andy. I'm Pat. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Alright, gents. Back again. Welcome back, everybody. We're just never gonna stop doing this, are we? No no. That's the plan. Hundred episodes, gonna be here before you know it. We'll have to do something special for that. We will do a thing for episode one hundred for real. We need to be talking about that probably, but but yeah, I mean we're coming up on it. I mean seventy one. Feeling fun? Gonna be top one hundred cryptids of the world. Oh man. (laughs) Like a two week long show. 2022 has been going pretty well for us. We've been keeping on it and keeping, yeah. keeping uh, building up that uh, catalog of paranormal dad stuff. Good uh, interaction with all of you out there. Please feel free to keep reaching out to us on our social media. We love it. Uh, and share it. Share us with uh, your friends. I mean, and get, let's get share that paranormal dad's love. Our episodes are even starting to show up on YouTube now, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I looked recently. I'm like, I need to start putting some video stuff up there that we have yeah. in our archives. Well, and speaking of people suggesting, you know, things for upcoming episodes on uh, social media, you know, we recently put out on Facebook, wanting to know, uh, you know, we, we recently, last fall, we went to Oklahoma and Arkansas in search of the elusive dog man. And mm-hmm, right. on Facebook, we asked people, where else should we go to check out, you know, what kind of mysteries? And some people actually chimed in with some ideas. Yeah. Uh, somebody named Chris Peterson said, uh, go on a hike and a trip to California and look for the Dark Watchers. Have you guys oh, heard of this? I haven't heard of this one. No. That's new to me. Um, apparently it's might be an optical illusion, but kind of kind of spooky. We'll have to look yeah. into that. Yeah. Um, we could also hit the... Uh, Fresno Nightcrawler, Fresno Nightcrawler, yeah. Oh, man. If yeah. I see that for real, I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, Nick, uh, someone named Nick Weander, Weander. Um, says uh, somewhere in North Texas. I think North, North Texas has some like spook lights going on. Mm-hmm. Um, another another person. Some of those down Missouri too. Oh yeah, Missouri spook down, lights down yeah. uh, east of Kansas City. Yep. Uh, Terry Francis said the Wolfman of Wolf County, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Another person said uh, another person recommended Kentucky as well, uh, saying that there's a lot of uh, uh, you know goblins down there in the Kentucky those Kentucky caves. goblins. Yeah, Kentucky goblins. Kentucky cave cave goblins. And Brenda Smith suggested the New Jersey Pine Barrens. Oh, Andy's oh, favorite. Yeah. You know what we're yeah. gonna find there. You're going to find us a devil from Jersey. Devil. Jersey devil. Jersey devil. My mama says foosballs from the devil. <laughs> All good suggestions, people. You know, it's time to load up the cryptid bus. Actually, before we got started recording, Pat and me were uh, just kind of sitting around like, like we always do. No offense, Eddie. Me and Pat were just killing time waiting for Eddie to show up because he was running <laughs> fashionably late. It's true. And we were tossing ideas around about where our next travels will take us. You know, mm-hmm. we're tentatively knocking around the idea of maybe Ohio, Michigan area, but we're open to anything. I mean, you go to any of the 50 states, you're going to find some mysteries to, to track down. I'm game for it. Let's just do it. Let's do it now. Yeah. We're, we're, we're done. We're going. But, no, I think right now we're ready 
for the recent sightings, which I believe is right square in Mr. Andy's corner. That's me. Recent sightings. Have you guys ever heard of a phenomenon called foreign language syndrome? Never. No. It's pretty interesting stuff. Um, and basi- and it's true. This is legit. Scientists can't explain it, but they can't deny it. It is when somebody spontaneously, randomly, suddenly acquires the ability to speak a language that they've never studied before. Um, huh. Sometimes, but not always, sometimes this happens after a major head trauma. Um, in fact, there was a kind of a famous case that made all the major news outlets, um, you know, the, the Dateline, the 2020, and this was several years ago, but there was a guy by the name of Derek Amato who jumped into the shallow end of a pool, conked his head, Ouch. went into a coma, and when he, when he woke up, he was suddenly playing the piano on a master pianist level, although he had never had any formal training. And still to this day, he can play like nobody's business, but he can't read music. Yeah, he yeah. just he just plays at a level that's un, completely unexplainable. Yeah. Huh. So you know, and a lot of um, you know, and we'll get into this here in a little bit, but a lot of people theorize that it's very heavily linked with past lifetimes, past yeah. life memories, past life innate talents or skill sets that have been unlocked. Um, yeah, you're just tuning into a whole new frequency because of the. Yeah. Yeah. Or remembering something that your conscious brain had forgotten. It's locked in there yeah. now, but you unlock it by bonking your head. But why is this recent, you ask? Why is it recent, Andy? Thanks for asking, recent? Eddie. Uh, so apparently something. Uh, there was a TikTok video uh, mm-hmm. originally posted by a girl named Alyssa Myra. And of course, this went, you know, you know how it is. TikTok's linked to Facebook, to Twitter, to Instagram. So before you know it, it goes viral. And to make a long story short, in this video, she's talking about her and her boyfriend were getting... Um, manicures and one of the uh, employees there were, they were speaking to each other in Vietnamese you know and, and the conversation was having to do with you know are you going to put the clear nail polish over the colored polish and Alyssa not speaking a word of Vietnamese answers back in a complete coherent sentence you know kind of like everybody in the room you know record record scratches yeah. music <laughs> stops and their boyfriend says how do you how did you know what they were saying and secondly how did you speak back back. you don't speak vietnamese and she was like i spoke vietnamese was her response like she had no idea (laughs) she didn't Um, realize she did it and so this kind of went viral because other people started to chime in with their own comments and their their own experiences um yeah i mean you had this this person uh brent mclaughlin talks about he was out with friends drinking and one of his friends which was you know had too many beers and he just kind of shouts out to this passerby on the street, and he, he's, he spoke like several sentences of fluent Arabic. And the buddy was like, like, how did, how did you speak that? You don't know, you don't speak that language. How in the heck did you do that? And he, he was kind of mystified, had no, no explanation. Huh. This other girl, Jessica, um, Jessica V, was apparently watching a show and she, the show was in Swedish, and she, she sat down and she watched like the whole first 20 minutes and a uh, boyfriend comes into the room and uh, basically started to ask, like, why are you watching this show in a foreign language? She was comprehending everything that they yeah. were saying. Yeah. And it took her, it took somebody else pointing out that, oh, wow, I don't actually speak Swedish, never have. Like, how did I understand everything that they were saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So and, this is a documented event. Yeah. Do, yeah. Th- these are all, yeah, it's a documented event. Uh, another person said, um, 
that after a recent concussion, she could understand Japanese for six months, and then it just kind of faded, faded out. Away. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, on and on and on. There was this girl who was watching a show about the Holocaust, and it was in kind of German, um, dubbed over in German, mm-hmm. if you will, and she was comprehending the whole thing. You know, and, and this goes on and on and on. In fact, my, my recent book, um, The Sky Diaries, A True Story of Reincarnation, uh, heavily is about my family's journey of discovering past lifetimes. But in my book, I put a couple um, stories that lend credibility to the phenomenon of foreign language syndrome, because the implications are actually huge. You know, if we have all, in fact, lived past lifetimes, which I, for one, am 100% convinced that we have, you know, how far-fetched is it that if you conk your head and maybe the wiring in your brain gets crossed a little bit and it confuses you as to, hey, which lifetime am I actually living right now? Yeah. And a couple instances I put in my book, uh, there was a guy, true story, documented case of this guy who was found inside of a a motel in the Southwest desert. And his his name was Michael Thomas Boatwright. And he was confused and they kind of found him unconscious. And when Authorities and EMTs help him come to, you know, they looked in his ID and they said, okay, his name's Michael Boatwright. So they start talking to him, come to find out, dude doesn't speak a lick of English. That uh, They were bringing in interpreters, found out he was actually speaking fluent Swedish, despite the fact that he was from Florida <laughs> and spent some time uh, overseas in the military, but nowhere near Sweden. Mm-hmm. And uh, he couldn't explain anything. He didn't know how he got there. He couldn't explain why there were tennis rackets in his travel bags. He claimed that his name was Johan Eck. <laughs> and, I mean, this went on for months of him mm-hmm. speaking Swedish, claiming that I'm not, you know, I'm not Michael, I'm Johan Eck. And, you know... What the Eck? What the Eck? <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it makes you wonder if in a past life, maybe his name was Johan, and he lived in Sweden, and maybe the, you know, trauma or whatever he suffered... Uh, kind of brought out that ability, that innate ability that his subconscious had forgotten. And there was another case of a a kid, I believe his name was William Nesamoa, and he was a high school soccer player in Atlanta. This was a few years back, maybe uh, Mm 2016-ish. And he got kicked in the head during a soccer game. Ooh. Ouch. That's the segment sponsored by Tylenol. (laughs) So he also went into a coma. When he woke up, he spoke fluent Spanish. Prior to the incident, I mean, the most he could say in Spanish was like, hola, you know? And so it actually took quite a while for the Spanish to wear off and for his English to come back. So again, given the fact that much of the world is Spanish-speaking, you know, Central America, South America, parts of Europe, um, is it really that far of a fetch? Like... and, and I'll never forget watching the news segment for that for the high school soccer stars clip because it wrapped up. Scientists still don't have an explanation as to why. <laughs> I'm like, there is only one explanation. How do you go from not knowing a language to knowing it immediately yeah. Yeah. with no studying? Yeah. Like, that, that doesn't make sense. The brain's a weird thing. Well, and you're speaking it. I'm assuming when you speak it, you're using, like, the, the people probably have the proper accents and the, yeah. all the, you know, pronunciations of all the words. They're not saying it like a, you know, you know, speaking like a foreign foreigner speaking that language. It's interesting, like we're saying. It's like the idea that someone, I remember reading this somewhere. They were like, some people believe, and this kind of goes into, hey, this kind of feeds into the main mystery a little bit, where they're like, some people were theorizing that maybe information 
is just flowing all around us. It's just there. It's yeah. just everywhere. And some people are able to tune their brains into it and literally just receive it. Just yeah. take it all in. Almost like radio waves from a or you know, like radio waves from a antenna. Yeah, I mean Nikolai Tesla that's your spoiler, kids. Was say he said he got his messages from somewhere else. Yeah, and the higher ups. I'm there. receiving these signals from somewhere else. I don't. This isn't me. And yeah. so I wonder about that. Like you know, kid, you know, playing a soccer game at night takes a takes a foot to the face, and he's like <laughs> speaking fluent Swedish, Spanish. Sorry. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's, it's crazy. And then there's a, a sister uh, phenomenon to this called acquired. Um, I believe it's called um, foreign accent syndrome. It's uh, very similar, but it's when people unexplainably uh, start to speak with a very noticeable accent mm. accidentally, like they can't shake it. In fact, there was actually a, a counselor of mine. Mm. In my teen years, I was going through some stuff, and I, I needed to talk to a, a therapist, so I did for a stretch of time. Years went by, and I heard from my family that for reasons that nobody could explain, she was suddenly speaking with a, with a British accent. Mm. And this went on for like a couple of years really? before it wore off. That's and weird. it's not on purpose. Nobody, but again, again, with past lives, with languages, maybe she was tapping into a person that she used to be on some frequency. That happens when you go to Florida for like three days. You start you talking. Back, <laughs> you come yeah. back, you're like, how y'all doing? What's going on, everybody? <laughs> Don't mind me. Just sitting back, being cool. <laughs> I remember when we went to uh, Southeast Missouri on our Bigfoot expedition back in 2016. I remember coming. I remember coming back, and I was like intentionally trying not to talk with a Southern drawl because yeah. we we had been around nothing but country folk down there for like a all, week, almost a week, and it, like you pick it up pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, it it does kind of you know, soak in after a short period of time, you know, especially if you're in a place with a very heavy, heavy accent. Yeah. And you're not trying to necessarily copy. It's just, you're, you're just kind of in a weird way. You're kind of, kind of blending in with the culture around yeah. you in a way. Like it's almost it's, like a form of empathy, empathy. Yeah. Like you're yeah. just, you're, you're on, you're trying to get on the same wavelength with them and it just happens accidentally. Yeah. Um, I've, I've even heard like in a group of guys, studies have shown that in groups of guys hanging out together, their voice becomes lower and deeper. Yeah. Because they're matching. Because they're matching the, the frequency. The lowest one they can, yeah. you know, and if you're with your bro, children or. Dude, bro, 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 dude, bro, time for a promotion, bro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that, yeah, that's a weird one. Kind of paranormal-ish, you know. Check out this prototype. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, it's and it's crazy. It's it's the idea that, like you said, it, it could be tuning into multiple lives. It could be yeah. you know changing the dial on the radio for a little bit. You know, <laughs> literally, you're picking up telemundo. <laughs> Let me switch back to my FM version of myself. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a recent sighting, but it has ancient implications. Is it if you always yeah. through head trauma? Or not? Is it... It's not always through head trauma. Like like in the case of these people who are chiming in. A lot of them were just watching a show that had to do with another language, mm, um, okay. and you know, and like the lady at the girl at the salon, she—I mean, she didn't know Vietnamese. She didn't even know that she spoke Vietnamese. Yeah. Uh, like in her mind, she was speaking English, and her significant other was like, "Yo, you just spoke a different language." And in fact, I this just jogged my memory, but I had—I uh, have a client in some of my psychic readings. I was doing a session for this mom and her teenage daughter, and apparently, the daughter. Uh, taught herself uh, Dutch because as a kid she was fascinated with this Dutch cartoon or TV show. Yeah, 
fascinated with it and watched it so much that she can now speak it fluently. So and and that now that's not acquired immediately that right. she she learned it from watching this show. But, but my point is, why would a kid born in in Nebraska be fascinated with a Dutch program? It yeah. makes you wonder if that's where her last something lifetime resonated was. with her at some yeah. point. And that's what kind of stands out to me in all this is where you were talking about the antenna, right? You're we're just totally surrounded by information all the time. Yeah. There's radios, there's people walking around speaking different languages and and you know, at some level your brain is is taking all this in and it's just kind of fascinating that, you know, possibly it's actually storing this information that you could use at a later time. Yeah. Without you even knowing about it. I mean, could you imagine the poss- the implications if you know, almost like through osmosis, if mm-hmm. we just we, we pick up on everything that we've ever been exposed to, like everything you've ever heard or experienced is locked into your long, long-term memory. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's what got me thinking. Like, what happens if you were just adjacent to something, but now because you were near it, all of a sudden you get, you know, you know, physics, astrophysics gets unlocked in your brain, and you're like, oh, man, I'm an expert in this now. It almost gets, yeah. like, to Matrix level, like yeah. the movie The Matrix, yeah. where, yeah. like, now I know Kung Fu. I, knew, I know Kung Fu. I yeah. just downloaded it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost. Um, it's funny. When Gwen, my youngest daughter, was little, like like two years old, she was watching a lot of PBS. And on PBS, one of her favorite shows was called Charlie and Lola. And it's this British cartoon. Yeah. And all the kids are, clearly it's in Britain, so they all sound English. And after a while, Gwen was like, hello, Daddy. I love you, Daddy, so much. As with that, uh, right. we will ease into pop culture and the paranormal. I think this is uh, Pop Culture Pat today. It is mine, and we're going to go... We'll do some shopping. Pat, Pat's about to pop. Bring out your wallet. There we go. Here we go. It's time for pop, culture, and the paranormal. So, guys, I don't know what your, uh, how it is. You know, I have an idea of how you guys dress, but poorly. Some sometimes dudes like to go out and get jewelry and stuff and yeah. and of course the ladies wear their jewelry. So I was thinking I wonder if there's a line of paranormal jewelry out there. Oh. And sure enough there is. It doesn't take long on on the World Wide Web to figure out yes, there's plenty of options for your Jewelry shopping habits. You want some chupacabra cufflinks? We're gonna get iced out, out you know. We're oh, gonna get some fro- oh. gonna get frosty. Got some of that paranormal drip as we, the kids. Call. Is that what they call it nowadays? Drip, I think, is a thing where they got like they like they look cool, they look classy. Nice. I'm just thinking back to A Team, Mr. T, you know, with the gold necklaces and the gold rings. And yes, we've got some paranormal bling going on. All right. So uh, the first first place is a place called uh, Enzo Rings, EnzoRings.com. And this is kind of a cool company. They're a little overpriced, I think, for what it is, but uh, they are very cool. They're these. Uh, what they specialize in are uh, rings made of silicone. Yeah. So they kind of like look like wedding bands, but they're made out of silicone. And um, you you can wear them. It's, they're especially good for you know, say like you're an electrician. Like mm-hmm. electricians, they can't wear metal rings when they're working. You yeah, because it's the the one of the hazards of the job. They'll die. They don't want metal on them. And so this is an option that, you know, guys like that can go out and get a, a silicone ring. They actually have a line of what they call the Legends line. And so one of them is called the Phoenix Flame. So it's kind of almost dragon-like, except it's 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 more 
there's like some etching on there and it um, kind of a fiery hmm. look to it. You know, there's reds and oranges and kind of a mixed color in there. Um, there's a Yeti frost. Ooh. So it's, it's kind of uh, icy looking and has kind of a cool design on it. Uh, Poseidon Tremor is one. And this is more of a, uh, oh, how we, would you describe it? It's kind of a, almost like a chrome snaky looking copper kind of kind of look to I want it all so. these rings on my hands <laughs> yeah there's even one called unicorn magic and it's more white but it has you know like looks like little stars and pearlescent actually kinda. yeah there's a unicorn on it so uh there's some very cool very cool rings out there uh these things run about um 40 bucks for one of these but you can buy they come in all different sizes for both men and women so um, they have mermaid ones. There's a dragon scale one, which is more green. Medusa snake. Ooh, snap. Um, Any brass knuckles? You know, like yeah. Bigfoot oh, brass knuckles? Exactly. <laughs> called the Sasquatch. So, Pop puncher. One called fairy <laughs> magic. That's kind of a pink and purpley one. And uh, so very cool. So check out enzorings.com and check out those rings. Um, another thing, you Amazon just has all kinds of stuff. I was going to say, what if I'm more of a Flava Flav kind of guy and I want to wear like a giant chunky... <laughs> right, so if you want a necklace... Medallion. Here's, here's a cool one I found. This is called the Pro Steel St. Michael the Archangel Necklace pendant yeah. and chain. Um, it's uh, kind of uh, falls under Catholic religious jewelry is what they're calling it. So St. Michael the Archangel is actually kind of like... Um, the he wasn't a saint, but he's more of an angel. And yeah. he, he fights against the angel, he's yeah. a warrior. He fights against the devil. So he's kind of like on the front lines of the fight with the devil. And there's like a prayer on the back of this medal. And so on the front there's kind of a picture of uh Saint Michael and also a, a picture of Lucifer there. You Ooh. see kind of flames going there. Metal. Saint Michael has a uh, I don't know if it's lightning bolts or something in his hand. He's about to take it to the devil. It's so. chair leg. So, <laughs> so it says St. Michael it's protect It's a broken us. glass bottle. <laughs> Prison shiv. And on the back, there's a prayer there about, you know, protect us from the devil kind of a thing. So uh, that was pretty cool. It comes in all different colors. There's silver. There's gold. Even some different shapes. Huh. So if you want that gold bling look, Eddie, you know, kind of like the Run DMC look. We got you set there. I want that so. St. Michael Demon Slayer drip hanging off my neck. What's up? <laughs> Can't hurt me. <laughs> hey, if you got your ears pierced, you're, you're not being left out here. Um, how about a Ouija board birthstone earring? Ooh. <laughs> Personalized occult earrings. So um, Don't go to a concert and headbang. You'll summon a demon. <laughs> so it, it you... It's got, uh, you know, the earring and then uh, hanging off there, a little circle with your birthstone in it. And then below that is a little metal um, charm that looks just like a, a, a Ouija board and a planchet uh, on top of it. So. Just picture, <laughs> just a spirit just grabs it and starts pulling you <laughs> yeah, across the room like your grandma when you're in trouble. Starts sliding it to spelling yes. things out on your ear. <laughs> no. Uh. So that's very cool. Um, Pinterest is another good place to go. They have all kinds of like, you know, Bigfoot uh, jewelry, Bigfoot earrings, necklaces, uh, charms, watches. 
Um, dog man, ooh. dog collar. <laughs> <laughs> I can just picture like a, uh, I don't know, like a like a crop circle watch, like a watch ooh. that looks like a crop circle. Yeah, know? that'd be fun. That'd be fun. There's um, bracelets. Um, here's a uh, a Loch Ness monster uh, necklace, which is kind of cool. So it kind of looks like Nessie uh, poking out of the water in three spots. So you see her head and then kind of a loop of her body and then the tail coming out the oh, back. Oh, nice. So it's kind of like a three hump thing. Um, there's also like some pendants and Nessie earrings. That they kind of look like plesiosaurs. Uh, so, uh, some UFO, very cool stuff. You get UFO gauges that go <laughs> in your ear. <laughs> like, like saucers. Yeah. <laughs> they light up. <laughs> yeah. I also came across, uh, get some ne- necklaces that kind of look like alien grays, you know, so, uh, got a, a lot of a that. Those alien head like pendants and so. stuff like that for people. But, you know, a lot of this stuff is pretty reasonable. You know, you can get some nice earrings for 20 bucks, you know, uh, gold earrings or, um, you know, just whatever your heart desires, you can I'm go only, out and you can find. I'm only in the market for pinky or thumb rings. <laughs> yeah. Do they have any nipple rings for Eddie? You know, like I'm sure they probably do. Where, where are they at in the nipple ring department? I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a chupacabra claw. chupacabra. You can just <laughs> Big clamp thing. it right on there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like the... The, uh, the the Tiger King, like... <laughs> the eyebrow ring? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Mount Shasta eyebrow ring with a wizard hanging off the end yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, I've actually... I've been wearing a, a second ring. You know, I got my wedding band, and then I've also been wearing a second ring on my other hand. Because you're uh, double married. Yeah. <laughs> What's the second so, one represent? So this is actually one of those... Uh, it's supposed to monitor how you sleep. Oh, okay. So it's actually got, like, little circuits built into it, and you charge it, and it... It talks to an app on my phone. It's supposed to tell me, like, you know, how many hours of sleep I got. And wow. Like, when I'm supposed to be the most productive during the day. And mm-hmm. I kind of laugh at it when I look at it. <laughs> it's, it's like, like two, no, I don't think it's I'm... It's like 2.10 in the afternoon. Go! It's like, telling me, go! You're at the most productive you're going to be all day. Right now. And I'm sitting there on the couch eating chips. And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think this is... I don't think this thing I think thing you're works. wrong, Ring. <laughs> But yeah, it's it's kind of like one of those things, you know, with tattoos. You know, the, once you get one, the you just start, you know, it, oh, yeah. it never stops. Yeah. You keep getting them, and so well, maybe, maybe I need just need just to, a row maybe, of rings know, in my old age. I just need more rings on. I my think hand, you'd look you cool know? with a bunch of rings, man. You, you know, got kind of start looking like Mister T after a while. Like we get paranormal Mr. four T. rings on. <clears throat> got a Jersey Devil pinky I ring. Pity the fool. <laughs> you got <laughs> doesn't like Sasquatch on your fingers. <laughs> Bigfoot brass knuckles. Bigfoot brass knuckles. Speaking of tattoos, though, I mean, one of these days we might, you know, maybe it's in our travels to the Pine Barrens of, you know, uh, New Jersey, but maybe we need to just, you know. We're going to go away and we're going to come back with tattoos. We're going to come back with Paranormal Dad tattoos. We need to get matching Paranormal Dad tattoos. I'm I'm down for it. You got to do it, Pat. I'll do it. At this point. Especially all the smack you're talking. (laughs) 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 So, I mean, this is like basically like you said Amazon, Etsy, and Enzo. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, all three of those places. Just, you know, even you just got to Google it. Just Google it a little and, <laughs> and you know, all kinds of places. Uh, those those are probably the, you know, the three. You know, I, I've seen the Enzo ones before, so I really wanted to point those ones out because yeah. I think they're very cool. They look cool. I'm tempted to buy one myself. But, yep. um, but yeah, Amazon, uh, Etsy, Pinterest, 
give you all kinds of ideas. Anything you're interested in, I'm sure there's something that would uh, catch your eye. Amazon, Etsy, Amazon, Etsy, and Enzo sounds like a paranormal law firm. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. LLC. There it is. So coming up next, we got the main course, main mystery. Ooh, it's me with the Sir, main mystery. Sir Edgar the Great. Put on your uh, tinfoil hats on this one because you're going to need to be insulated from this topic coming up for our friend Nikolai Tesla. Oh. And what he's bringing to the table. And now it's time for the main mystery. <laughs> All right, everybody. Hope you're sit back, tucked in, and you're ready. Have your mind blown. Yo, my. By Nikolai Tesla. No, not the cars. The cars are named after, the company is named after one of the most genius people to walk the face of the earth who really didn't get a lot of good press thanks to one old Thomas Edison. I hate you. Thomas Edison, come after you. <laughs> there was a giant uh, uh, competition between Edison and Tesla. Yeah. And the funny part was, was that Tesla came in all good natured. He's sitting here like, hey, man, Edison, you're great. You're so smart. Let's work together. And Edison's like, ooh. I could screw this guy over. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, let's work together. Wink, wink to the audience. And they start collaborating and working on things. And much like a lot of people who tend to be kind of like really good in one thing, they're kind of bad in the other. And yeah. Tesla's taking a while to pick up, man, I think this, I don't think this guy's my friend. Yeah. As he's stolen like all his inventions <laughs> and taking all his stuff. And there's a lot of evidence and discussion that Edison may have done a lot to really undermine him even more and, and really like, like just cause trouble for uh, old Tesla. But... Uh, what got me on this Tesla uh, wagon, and I've always been on kind of a Tesla wagon. I just like this person. He's a very, very eccentric, intelligent individual. But one of the things that got me tuned into him was a little thing we've referenced before. We've mentioned it. I don't know if we've done a full episode on it. We probably should one day. But I was researching the uh, Tunguska event. The uh, Tunguska? Tunguska? Tunguska. Yeah, event. In, Ru in Russia, the explosion. Yes. Yep. Well, and they don't know what it was. They say it was a meteor that exploded just above, uh, just above our terrain. There you go. And it 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 wiped out. God, how many thousands of square miles miles of it was Siberia? A, they're estimating it was a twelve megaton explosion. Wow. Which is big. In case your kids are wondering. I think it was actually considered as big as one of the nuclear bombs we had set off yep. over Japan. But it exploded in the sky, essentially, yeah. over the trees. But it flattened trees yeah. as far as the eyes could see. The radius is yeah. almost a perfect circle yeah. that, right. of, of what it killed. Uh, there's no, you can go out and find pictures of it. You can. You can yeah. go. You, uh, the trees. Uh, Tunguska is spelled T-U-N-G-U-S-K-A. Just type that in, and you will see pictures of aerial photos of this. Uh, but the idea is that it happened on uh, the morning of June 30th, 1908. And a lot of people have discussed this event and the sheer astronomical likelihood of a, of a meteor that being able to be that big to cause that much of a explosion area by detonating just above the just above the surface of the earth yeah. and where it was and all these things. So there has been some, there's a deeper kind of story to this event that does connect, believe it or not, our friend. Nikolai Tesla. Hmm. So Nikolai Tesla 
had been working on a way to broadcast electricity. His plan was to do basically to wirelessly deliver electricity to, to people's houses. For free? For free. He's a good guy. Yeah. Nice guy. I think there'd be an initial, the idea was that there'd be an initial hookup fee. Like we would charge you for the initial like stuff to get it going. And then beyond that, the actual consumption of electricity would be completely free. See, gosh, nice guys finish last. Weird. And he got, he got driven crazy and died alone. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's working on this and there was this, and this is where I haven't done all the research here for Nikolai Tesla, but he did have an an actual like research uh, uh, place in upstate New York. Bless, (laughs) Bless you, sir. Um, New York, even in New, New Jersey, I think, was where some of his research stuff was happening. But a giant, um, essentially, energy cage that would receive and broadcast electricity. And he would do experiments with this giant ball. <laughs> now, the idea was that he was trying to work on what people were calling a death beam. And he was like, it's not really a death beam. But it's a way to broadcast electricity wirelessly. And then one of his big things was that he, um, the coil, the power coil, um, he'd been working on the project since 1900, and said that it drew power from the ionosphere, which he called an invisible ball of energy surrounding the Earth, which is real. We, we know that to be a real thing. Um, that's what it was. It was with the help of a 50-foot Tesla coil that he was using this. So... There is an actual belief that Nikolai Tesla, in a, an attempt to demonstrate what he could do with this thing, used the a technology at his disposal to destroy the me, a meteor before it impacted the Earth. Hmm. So, I mean, can you imagine that what <laughs> what kind of damage that would have done if it was a meteor that did strike the Earth? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a massive crater. You're talking about debris going up into the upper atmosphere, blocking out the sun. He he said, I mean, it, I mean, first of all, this meteor, that the, the Tunguska event, it happened so early in history. We don't have any video, none of this uh, yeah. to prove how big this thing was. No one really even saw. People in Russia love their dash cams. Nowadays, it would have been caught on a dash cam. No, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, but the the weapon. So this is the version of him that he w- that he was trying to work on the weapon. It was called the Teleforce, and it was a defensive weapon by Nikola Tesla. Uh, that accelerated pellets or slugs um, to a high velocity inside a vacuum chamber uh, and then fired them out um, uh, out of nozzles on intended targets. Um, the proposal weapon being able to use against ground-based infantry or anti-aircraft purposes. The, the, uh, all of the instances and circumstances of it being detonated right before it hits the earth is almost too good it's too easy to be like like really really something that big you know just happens to show up when when he has the technology in the place it's needed and detonated in a place that wouldn't hurt anybody no one got hurt from this thing no one person got killed and the idea was that maybe in some way either knew about the meteor coming or even using some using this thing that's pulling in things out of the ionosphere was able to given warning ahead of time by some advanced intelligence, hey, it's a meteor coming, um, just so you know. But mm-hmm. it's just a very odd time, where it was at, and, and, and how it got blown up. People are really skeptical on a lot of those things. 
And if I'm not mistaken, didn't he go on public record saying that he was in touch or he was getting messages from extraterrestrials? Yes. Yeah. He he never called them extraterrestrials, but he said he was receiving his information from somewhere else, from another dimension. Um, in 1937, Tesla wrote a treatise. I love it. They're not blogs. Yeah. They're treatises. Um, <laughs> the art of projecting concentrated non-dispersive energy through the, natu- the, through the natural media. Wow. Pretty and, heady. <laughs> and so the non-dispersive part is the thing to think about because his whole point was with broadcasting power, he goes, the further distance you go, the more it disperses, the more energy loss you have. So you wouldn't be able to take, take a weapon and use it in space or across the world because by the time it got to where it needed to be, it'd be like a little like a static spark. Right. But this was different. And his, uh, his whole technology, and this was based around charged particle beam weapons. Um, Tesla published the document in an attempt to expound on the technical description of a super weapon that would put an end to all war. The Death Star. The Death Star. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was basically u- utilizing a similar technology, but it would be non-dispersive versus his other one, which, be, which would be dispersive. But the theory, and it is a little fringy, but I think it's really interesting that the Tunguska event was either a, f- a demonstration or an actual ex- uh, example of uh, use of a essentially an Earth defense um, weapon uh, created by Nikolai Tesla. I, I love that famous picture of him uh, sitting cross-legged reading a book. And I, yeah. I believe he's inside, what do you call it, a the, Faraday the cage? Faraday cage. Faraday cage. Yeah. You know, there's lightning all around yeah. him, and he's yeah. cool as a cucumber just reading his yeah. book. Yeah, you know, it's a great icon- picture. Iconic black and white picture. Um, a little a little fact in the Tenguska event. Um, it flattened over 2,150 square kilometers, or 830 square miles of forest. Flattened it. Huh. That's uh, the equivalent of driving like 10 straight hours. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine That's driving crazy. like 10 straight hours yeah. and all you see is flattened trees? Thank, I mean, thank God. Can you imagine if it, that occurred over a major city? That's yeah. the point. Like it would have wiped like Paris off the map. So, like, this isn't some little tiny microwave-sized meteor. This thing's yeah. huge. This is an earth killer. Yeah. yeah. Like how did why, how was it so convenient that it exploded just above the planet's surface that it didn't, you know, uh, deaths, zero. Yeah. Zero deaths. And then property damage, a few damaged buildings. They were like, if you were going to have this happen anywhere, that's where it would happen. Yeah. If you were trying to demonstrate or show off that this thing could work, it could protect, it could defend, it could attack. I mean, but the idea is like, how do you do it? Well, you could blow a meteor up above, <laughs> above <laughs> Siberia and hopefully no one dies. Um, now, now, didn't the government confiscate a lot of his, um, you know, creations and a lot of his uh inventions that were in the works because unless i'm mistaken i believe they they he had like a little apartment that yes. was just filled yeah. with all sorts of information government took it never became public knowledge so whatever whatever they took got absorbed and you know maybe, maybe i don't know maybe they used it for military purposes and we'll never know you know yeah so i don't know pat were you gonna say something no i think i think uh yeah i did hear that story that at some point there was a raid on his um, his house, his apartment, wherever it was that he lived. He also had, I think, wherever he lived, he had like a workshop attached or mm-hmm. in an outbuilding just just nearby. And um, I've seen shows where they're they're they were like investigating, thinking he had like 
secret information maybe buried away someplace and, and people have gone through um, expeditions looking for that, that, that lost information. But uh, I did hear the stories about the government coming in and taking his stuff. And There's an excellent... Who uh, knows where it went after that. Um, we should do a deep dive on Tesla at some point, because my, my research here was more about death rays, Tesla, and Tenguska event, a little triangle. Um, but um, I do know in my reading of Nikolai Tesla, we talk about his missing information uh, at the time, because he was an immigrant from Poland, am I right? I think Tesla was Polish. We can double check that here. I'll just check that. You check that path. Yeah, yeah, I'll have to check uh, it. And he was, he, he was not an American citizen, but he was living and working in America, so he was an immigrant. And so he, um, he uh, at the time, had, I want to say, seven or eight chests. There's a, he, he's a super smart guy, super disorganized, and also super eclectic. All his stuff was like on the walls, on notebooks, and he kept everything in chests, big like hope chests, like these big, you know, old timey looking leathery covered, mm-hmm. like pirate chest looking things. And when he died, which he died like penniless alone and half insane, um, the head of immigration for the United States um, of America essentially helped raid his apartment. Uh-huh. Uh, that was the big thing. Like the federal government, upon news of his death, were just on it like that. And this is where the conspiracy theory kicks in. The head of the uh, U.S. immigration at the time was apparently uh, Donald Trump's great, great uncle. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He was a uh, Serbian-American. So he was actually born and raised in Austria, um, or the Austrian Empire, they they say. But, but, yeah, apparently he uh, was, was part American. Uh, studied engineering and physics in the 1870s without receiving a degree, but gaining practical experience. You know, it's so. interesting, though, the part where, you know, he started to have some mental health issues at the end. He's super disorganized, uh, eccentric. Sometimes that happens. You have somebody who's genius level, you know, whether it's Tesla or an Einstein or, a, I don't know, I guess Steve Jobs or even a... Um, uh, Bill Gates or some... Uh, Elon Musk, yep. Elon Musk, you know, who sure. some people, you know, think maybe he's on the spectrum, you mm-hmm. know, but I think this, that happens sometimes when you have somebody who's genius level, yeah. sometimes they have these quirks, their brain obviously works differently. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they sacrifice some organizational skills or some social skills, um, you know, rumors abound as to what made him tick and, but yeah, kind of a mysterious figure, you know, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is, you know, a time cutting edge technology that was perhaps so far advanced the earth wasn't really ready for it yeah um yeah. i mean wireless power i mean come on wireless like <laughs> back then crazy. that's like magic right yeah it's still more or less magic i mean we got wireless radio waves that we we use in computers and for radio and but still to transmit power as far as i know you know we're still not doing that no uh i've heard in theory it's possible you would have you know broadcasters, receivers, and then the receivers take that power and then bring it to your home and you can just access it whenever you need it, much like a radio. Turn it on when you need it. Um, Other people who have tried or attempted to make death rays. Uh, (laughs) Oh, gosh. Edwin R. Scott, an inventor from San Francisco, claimed he was the first to develop a death ray, although he never provided a, a functioning model. So there's that. Um, also, during World War II, Ger- the Germans uh, had two projects. Um, 
think this is being polite because during World War II, the Germans, the Nazis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, um, one German project uh, concerned a particle accelerator with a steerable bundle of beryllium rods. So they're shooting rebar, and <laughs> it's like a rail gun. <laughs> um, and then also um, Dr. Rolf uh, Wieder, I can't pronounce that name. And then also later on down the line, a Dresden Plasma Physics Laboratory. Oh, that, that's where he worked. And then lastly, no, that's it. Oh, and the Japan, and the Japan also claimed to have had a death ray uh, called the Kugo. Uh, which was to employ microwave technology. Hmm. So, yeah. So it sounds like of all the people who actually had one, Nikolai Tesla had one that was a functioning, like prototype. And uh, yeah, it's just a very interesting thing. And then all those things from there was like all this, all this talk of, you know, uh, death rays and informed everything from Flash Gordon to uh, uh, George Lucas with the Death Star, like yeah. you were saying right yeah. there. So, so the notion of a death ray being able to rain death from above has uh, been with us for a clip. But it's very interesting. And the, the more you kind of dig into the Tanguska event, that just but beyond the death ray, that happening, the way it happened was very interesting. Um, there's some people who claimed I liked the Tesla connection a little bit more, but there's some people who, who claimed that it was, uh, extraterrestrials that were trying to save the earth. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this species needs more time to develop. Let's let, you know, let's, uh, knock this, uh, meteor out of the sky before it blows this planet up. Yeah. Um, I believe, and this is reading on the Tanguska event that had that actually impacted the planet, uh, you're looking at a near extinction level. Wow. Event. Wow. Wow. At least a lot of cloudy days for a long time. Yeah. It makes you wonder how big that rock was. I mean, I mean we, you know, 800 uh, mile radius. I mean, are you, are you talking about something that's the uh, size of a football field, the size of a city? You know, it makes you wonder how big the rock actually was. Yeah. But I think I think there is uh, there is calculations based off based off the blast radius how big the meteor would have been. Uh, meteor airburst, likely a high speed of six. 60,000 miles per hour is how fast they estimate it was going. Uh, no impact crater, which we do know that. Um, yeah, they're trying to get it. There's no real... 60,000 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. So you're thinking airplanes are, you know, two, 300 miles an hour. Um, I, I once heard uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson... Fighter uh, jets are faster than that, but... Yeah. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was once talking about it was a show about, you know, ways the Earth could end and, you know, top 10 ways that we're going to meet our demise. And he was talking about the part of uh, if if it is, in fact, you know, uh, a meteor that ends humanity as we know it. He said it won't be like the movies, like where this, you know, where the sky gets bright and people see it coming and you have time to run. He says those things move so fast, like you, you might see a hint of a bright sky and that's it. He really? said, it's, it's, you're not going to watch it streak across the sky slowly. It's going to be boom, and you're done. Yeah. You know, that's how fast those things move. Um, yeah, it is interesting, though, <laughs> the, the theories that it could have been extraterrestrials and, instead of a, a death ray. But um, at the same time, it's like Nikola Tesla was way ahead of his time you know, to harness the power of electricity worldwide. But on a scaled-up sense, you have to think extraterrestrials are kind of looking at us, mm-hmm. rolling their eyes, like, okay... These guys have a way to go because we've harnessed the power of an entire sun yeah. and are able to, you know, utilize 100% of the energy from that sun. Yeah. So they're estimating what the size of the Tanguskan event meteor would have been. And roughly it would have been about the size 
um, one eighth the size. It looks more or less of the Empire State Building. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty big. Pretty big. Pretty big. Yeah. Didn't they say the one that hit Earth with the dinosaurs or the couple? They think it was more than one, right? At this point, they hit the Yucatan Peninsula. Yeah, or like the ones that, like you know, I'm not sure if I ever heard any estimates on how big that were that was. Yeah, but it's not small by any means. It's uh, big enough. Uh, sixty-five, more than sixty-five meters in diameter. So there's that. Wow. Biggin, but it's uh, incredibly interesting, especially when you get into the whole idea of a of a defense force for the planet Earth. But that Nikolai Tesla may have been informed about that and utilized that example to demonstrate what he could do with his technology. Ahead of his time. I'll tell you what, something yeah, else was. pretty crazy. All right, thanks, Eddie. Yeah. And, and uh, think. Oh, go ahead. No, Rick. thank you for listening to Paranormal Dads. Uh, we will like to thank everybody for reaching out to us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And uh, let us know. What do you think about Nikolai Tesla? Uh, and was was he one of us? Was he alien? What What do you think? Yeah, share that with <laughs> us. I mean, speaking of speaking of wirelessly broadcasting stuff, be sure to get a hold of us on our social medias and hit us with questions or any thoughts you have on this episode. And and uh, any any thoughts on alien or paranormal bling that you want to wear? Before we sign off for good, guys, I uh, just want to field a couple questions from people who uh, chimed in on Facebook sure. asking some questions for us. Uh, one one person who wrote in, a uh, fan, big fan of the show, Anna Mostek Titro. Hi, Anna. Hi, Anna. And she wants to know Hello. if a nice alien landed in our backyard today and could give us one secret of the universe... Or any information or technology or ability, what would you request? Oh, that's a that's a tough one. It is a tough one. Hmm. So give us. Could you repeat the question one more time? So if aliens landed in our backyard and they and were nice, give us like one secret of the universe regarding technology or information or any sort of ability. What what would you ask of them? Wow, I'd be really interested in like time travel. Can, is it possible? Can you do it? Um, is there a way I could move myself across my living room to grab the remote and be back on the couch <laughs> and not miss a beat? No time has passed. Yeah. Um, Almost like the force, you know, just have it fly to me kind of a thing. Yeah, just levitate towards you. Yeah, I mean, that'd be really cool. I mean, if you could travel back in time, travel forward in time, that'd be heavy. On a serious note, I would want to know about, like, the origin and like, like motivation of the universe. Like what, what's the, is there a plan? Is this all crazy? Just, you know, what, what's going on on a, what I feel is highly practical note. I want the ability to like use laser vision to, to cut my own hair. I need a haircut so bad right now. I look like Giorgio Succolo. So I'm like, you're getting there. Yeah. You're getting there, buddy. It's the aliens. Um, but let's just be able to look at myself in a mirror and just, just outline and shave, cut my own hairs with my eyeball lasers. Almost like who's that from the of the Avengers that had the laser beam eyeball ability? Uh, on Eternals? Yeah. Uh, it was um, Icarus. There you go. Yeah, you that's go. what I want to do. What about you, Andy? What would... I, I have so many questions. I'd be that annoying person who kept raising my hand <laughs> asking more questions. I want to know how long they've been around. Yeah. I want to know how they got here. Mm-hmm. I want to know... Um, in terms of like the organizational structure, like 
what is the federation like what are the guidelines and rules and like the political arrangement like how do how do we how do the good aliens prevent the bad aliens from wiping us off the planet um how do they survive this kind of uh like we are how do you how do you survive to the point where you're not killing off your own species Mm -hmm. to evolve to the point where interstellar travel is possible i got too many questions Mm -hmm. too many they'd be like andy you can't ask that many questions (laughs) how and why and when when? does anybody but andy have a question (laughs) me me (laughs) andy no (laughs) no no put your hand down gosh and one last question uh from top fan uh denise walter uh, has anything truly scared you, whether a ghost or a cryptid? So in other words, what makes Eddie? What makes you pee your pants? Ooh, that's a good one. I think the more we've exposed ourselves to things, I mean, we've gone on ghost hunts, we've gone on paranormal, we've gone on cryptid hunts, uh, expeditions. Uh, it's like it's harder for me to get like truly scared at this point. I think it's not, it's not like it's impossible. Yeah, but I think back to. A, a time when I got like ridiculously scared. I think it was a time where I was going for a run on a trail, like right next to a pretty like uh, dark forest. And it's just funny because like I said, it's, 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 we use our eyes and our, all of our senses. We use them every day to navigate the world that we're in. We, you know, we drive cars, we, all the things we do, we chop vegetables, we keep most of our fingers usually when we do the, all the things. And the minute we see something strange, we start to doubt them. We, we doubt our senses immediately. First thing, maybe my eyes played a trick on me. Okay, all right. Is it playing a trick on you when you see that car in front of you with a turn signal? No, like don't doubt what you see. I'm running, do, 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 do. And I saw what I can only describe as a shadow person emerge from the forest and kind of stop there. And as I ran, I'd like, they were right in front of me, like standing there. And I'm like, I'm seeing what looks to be the outline of a person, but it's, I can also see through it at the same time. And it was dark. It was like a shadow, it was like a shadow man. Mm -hmm. And when I got up on it, I kind of just like ran around like, you know, like that. And when I glanced back, I swear this thing like turned and started to run like after me. And I took off so much faster. I was like, Like I just like the yoinks, and I was like, but that to this day, I think about that, and I get a little goosebumpy uh, when I when I think about that one specific. Time. Not sure if I ever heard that story, Eddie. I ever told you that one? That's crazy. The shadow person coming shadow out of the forest. Person. That's nuts. yeah, it's pretty scary. I I'd be right there with you. I mean, now now that you mention it, um, uh, I've had a few instances where I've been actually quite a few instances where I've been out by myself in the dark, uh, oh dark hundred. Uh, there was a time when I was training for a marathon and I'd get up before my wife would have to go to work uh, to get my morning run in. And sometimes, you know, depending on how far I'd have to run, I might run six miles in the morning and, and I'd be out there running around on the, the nature trail path by myself. And you hear things that go bump in the night and it can really play tricks on you, play, you know, who knows what's out there. Uh, I've been chased by things, uh, the one instance I'm thinking of turned out to be a skunk. Of course. But, <laughs> but uh, I did pick up the pace quite a bit when all of a sudden this thing uh, comes out of the dark and bears its teeth at you and actually starts chasing you. Um, the skunk you know, was chasing the you? The skunk actually chased me. Yeah! <laughs> Luckily, he didn't catch me. He cracked his little skunk knuckles. He's yeah. like... <laughs> it's skunk o'clock place. But there was a time when we were down in the Ozarks uh, on our Bigfoot trip, and, and we thought there was something walking parallel to us oh, one yeah. night. 
and and we're in a place oh, yeah. in the dark where we've never been. We've never even seen it. This was before we saw it in the daylight, and uh, we thought we were like on the edge of this this ridge. And so I didn't know if I took one wrong step, I was going to be, you know, falling sixty feet. Yeah. Uh, and then we also hear something above us making noise and thinking, you know, could it be a Sasquatch up there? So, um, yeah, it, it's. I think it's the times I've been most afraid were times I was out in the dark, uh, in in an element where I'm not used to being, and some of my senses are bl- are blinded. Yeah. And. Uh, that that's kind of uh, the things that get to me, I guess. Yeah, and and on that trip, you we literally couldn't see the hand in front of our face. It was no. so pitch black. Yeah, it was dark. You know? No, it was super dark. Uh, scariest thing for me, I don't, I I think I'm more afraid of uh, people, <laughs> like living. <laughs> I'm right humans. there with you, man. I mean, this world is nuts. Yeah. Uh, you know the the unpredictability of other people's anger and hostility sometimes is is you know, one thing for me in terms of cryptid creatures, um, it's kind of an ironic way to look at it, but I, I, the, the creature that lately I'm most fascinated with is Dogman, which if you're new to the show, it's kind of like a upright bipedal werewolf type creature that people are seeing everywhere around the country lately. Um, so that, that, that one scares me the most, but it's also the one that I'm fascinated with and I want to see the most. From a distance, you know, when I'm behind, maybe when I'm behind the wheel of a car and I'm ready to punch it to 60 miles an hour, but I, I do want to see one. I would definitely, uh, you know, <laughs> probably check into a loony bin afterwards <laughs> to get my head right. But yeah, um, yeah, dog man for me, scary. Uh, as an addendum to mine, it would also be when I visited that insane, that uh, abandoned insane yeah. asylum. Which was in Florida? Tw- uh, Florida. Yeah. 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 Not once, but twice. So. That's that, that's pretty. That was one of my favorite episodes, by the way. Yeah. I, and I can't remember. Was that the main mystery for that? Or first Halloween? I think it was a Halloween episode. Maybe it was a Halloween episode. Yeah, yeah. You have to go back. It was one of our earlier episodes. Yeah, we'll one of our check first it out. Yeah, it's pretty. You can probably yeah. find that one on uh, YouTube right now. Even, yeah, yeah. So. I'd, I'd give a play by play of my investigation of Sunnyland Sanitarium. Sunnyland. Not so sunny there, is it, Eddie? <laughs> it doesn't even exist now. They tore it down. Yeah. Oh, it's it, a park now, right? It's Sunnyland Park. Good night. <laughs> Sunnyland that, Park. Man. Hey, guys, you want to go hang out in a park that used to be an abandoned insane asylum where they tortured and beat up people all the time? Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. Well, thanks for the question, uh, Denise, Walter, and uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for tuning in. Offering questions and feedback and, and comments on our socials. And uh, if we didn't say this already, thanks to the people at freesound.org for the music and um, sound effects for the show. And uh, we'll, we'll keep cranking them out. we got some more good content coming up. And uh, thanks for listening. You know, share this with friends and family and, and tell them if you need a good spook. But you also like to laugh, uh, then this is the show for you. Cheers, everybody. See ya. See ya.